Yo, what up everybody? This is Mark from Suicide Silence. Brian Fair from Shadows Fall. Gary Hall from Exodus and recently retired from Slayer. And Chris from Bad Wolves. It's Joe from Briar Rose. Tyler Burgess here and I'll- Hey, this is Charlie with Anthrax. I just want to give a shout out to Pedal to the Metal Radio podcast. Uh, the thing about it is, you know, your rock news, your metal news, uh, unsigned band, uh, with new episodes dropping every Sunday, make sure you tune in. Keep rocking with Pedal to the Metal. Check it out now, you motherfuckers! Alright, welcome everybody to the long-awaited 19th episode of Pedal to the Metal Radio, the podcast. I am your main man, Eddie Modster here. We took a couple weeks off. Because we needed a little bit of an RR. Uh, actually, I only meant to take one week off. Um, unfortunately, I got a little too busy and wasn't able to release at least half of the original version of episode 19. That's why we're doing it now. Because I figure, you know what, we can clean it up, we can make it sound good, and we can do this pedal to the metal style. So, we've got a pretty good show for you guys today. Of course, we got the Unsigned Band of the Week, and we've got tons and tons of news and i'm doing a new segment on here i figure i gotta add something so i'm doing unpopular opinion and it might be one that you agree with it might be one that you don't agree with i already talked about one when i said alice in chains was the best grunge band ever over over nirvana that's for sure so we've already done that but before we get into anything else uh, we might as well get the business side of things done and out of the way because that's what we're here for. Anyways, so as you know, you can follow the show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Eddie's Pedal to the Metal Radio Show, and that's Eddie, E-D-D-I-E, uh, Eddie's Pedal to the Metal Radio Show. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash Monster 82 uh, you can also go on Instagram and Instagram.com forward slash pedal to the metal radio show. And you can follow the blog at pedal to the metal radio show That is the place where we post all the links, whether you listen to podcasts on Apple, whether you listen to them on Google, when you listen to them on Spotify, Breaker, uh, wherever your heart desires, hopefully it's there. And if you need to find it, Pedal to the Metal Radio Show. Blogspot.com is the place to go. So now you know, and knowing's half the battle. So it is time for the show, and of course we're going to start uh, with some news because we got some things to get into. There's been a lot of stuff happening in the rock and metal world that we have to discuss. I am always one that is down for uh, charities, and one of the coolest things I think that I've ever heard. Uh, is this one track that was, I shouldn't say one track, it was this project that was put together by uh, bassist Derek Ingman of Cattle Decapitation and John Jarvis, who used to be in Pig Destroyer. So they put together an all-star cover of 99 Bottles of Beer, right? And they've got members of Slayer, Mastodon, Arch Enemy, Trivium, uh, Dying Fetus, Exhumed, The Dillinger Escape Plan, Pantera, and like so many more. And all the proceeds 
from this track are going to Old Dog Haven, um, which is pretty pretty damn cool. You gotta love it when when bands step up and do some stuff for for um, for charity. So basically, Old Dog Haven is a place. Um, it's a refuge for uh, all dogs that are old um, and that are about to go. It's a place they can go for old dogs. It's pretty cool. You should check it out. Uh, OldDogHaven.org. Uh, definitely give it a, a, a definitely check it out and I'll post it on the blog page as well uh, for those of you that want to check it out as well as the cover of 99 bottles of beer and it's the weirdest thing because it's 99 separate tracks I am not joking you when I say that it is 99 separate tracks 15 seconds long I'm believing I believe um, and it's literally 99 bottles of beer okay You've got guys like Mike Williams from I Hate God, uh, Barney Greenway of Napalm Death. Uh, you know the list goes on. Sherwood Weber, Skinless, Jeremy Wagner, uh, Broken Hope, uh, Steve Zetro Souza of Exodus. I know Gary Holtz on the track. Um, you've got Emperor on here, Butcher Babies. Uh, I mean Venom Incorporated, Iced Earth, uh, Testament, uh, Night Demon. Exhumed. I mean, the list goes on and on. Phil and Salmo's on here. Witch Taint, uh, Acid Witch, Hatriot. Um, you know, so many more. Exhorter, Municipal Waste. Um, yeah, I mean, you look at the list. This is pretty cool. Uh, Burton C. Bell, Fear Factory. It's it's unbelievable. It's it's definitely unbelievable, and it's it's something I'm definitely going to be donating four bucks. It's four bucks. You know what I mean? What's you could do worse things with four bucks, and that's what I honestly think. And this is going towards charity, so that, to me that's pretty cool. So definitely check it out. Um, I will post a link to that on the blog page so that you can check out this track. Ninety nine bottles for senior dogs. That's right, ninety nine bottles of beer. Olddoghaven.org, and uh, the track is actually available on Bandcamp actually as we speak. Uh, you can pre-order. They give you two tracks, uh, but you are basically pre-ordering the album. So when it's released, you will get all the tracks, and the release will be August 26th. Uh, it's by The Booze Hounds. So if you're looking to find it on Bandcamp, it's The Booze Hounds. So anyways, all right. So that does that. So now we want to move on. Uh, another cover you, you're going to want to check out for sure is the sword doing a cover of of the Russia's working man and it was all part of their uh, conquest of quarantine um, <clears throat> which is basically three tracks they did they did their own track winter's wolves they did a cover of children of the revolution and now they did Russia's working man and they turned it into a sludge track and it's un freaking believable you're definitely going to want to check that out for sure uh, another news black sabbath is releasing a deluxe paranoid now i normally am not a fan of bands that do these things all the time like how many times can you own the same record you know what i mean like there has to be at least 10 to 15 different versions of paranoid that are out there all special editions remastered this this and that but this one sounds pretty cool because it's a 5 lp and 4 cd iteration and basically what it features obviously paranoid in full 
but it features a rare 1974 quad mix of Paranoid folded down to stereo, two 1970 concerts recorded at Montreal and and Brussels, available on vinyl for the first time ever, a hard book with extensive liner notes featuring interviews with all four band members, rare photos, memorabilia, posted in a replica of the tour book sold during the Paranoid tour. So that sounds pretty cool. Um, <clears throat> the track list for the two live shows are as follows. This is pretty cool. Um, it's, one of them is only eight tracks. The other one's nine. But it, it features the classics, Paranoid, NIB, Iron Man, War Pigs, Hand of Doom, Fairies Wear Boots, Um Rat Salad is on one of them, so that's pretty cool. So if you want, you can pre-order um, through Black Sabbath's website, obviously, uh, which is blacksabbathband.ink.to. You can find it there. Again, blacksabbathband.ink.to. Look it up. You can get the 5 LP or 4 CD Super Deluxe Edition to mark Paranoid's 50th anniversary. There you go. Five LPs, 50 years. And I named all the stuff. So there you go if you want to be a collector. Um, apparently, I don't like to get into really into any political kind of stuff. But we know the hot topic is obviously the elections this year. Um, with everything going on. We know that this is a very, 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 very important election. Probably one of the most important elections in in the history of this country. Um, I don't care what side you're on. I'm not here to to judge anybody. I'm not here to pick sides. I'm not here to tell you what side to vote for. That's not my problem. That's your problem. Um, You need to figure it out for yourself. I know where I land and where I stand. Uh, But apparently... Trump just cannot get anybody to allow him to play music. But this one, because we've seen Lincoln Park put a cease and desist order. Um, but somebody pointed out, and this is kind of weird. I don't know why Trump would do this. So apparently he was at the Whirlpool, uh, Whirlpool factory in Clyde, Ohio on August 6th. And whoever had control of the music definitely, definitely had one sixth sense of humor. Um, or he's just he just wants to piss off Axl Rose because he knows how much Axl Rose does not like Donald Trump. But apparently somebody said the White House is playing Live and Let Die before Trump's arrival. So that's kind of funny. Um, at a distinguished cam- uh, disguised campaign event in Ohio, that the state's governor cannot attend because he just came down with COVID-19, um, the same disease that killed over 1,400 Americans yesterday. So somebody obviously is either A, an idiot, right, that works with with Trump, or they just want to piss off Guns N' Roses, and, and in the meantime, you know, they're just pissing off everybody else because what kind of asshole would play live and let die? But uh, there you go. We all know Axl Rose is very outspoken. I'm not going to get into politics. That's not my game. Politics has never been my game. Um, but, yeah, not a good idea. Not a very good idea to do that. Before we get into the unsigned band of the week, which is one of my favorite, favorite segments in the whole world, uh, Metallica apparently has been causing quite the stir because they started rehearsing again. 
Uh, you can catch a quick 27 second video online of the band starting to warm up and do uh, Creeping Death from Ride the Lightning, one of my favorite tracks. But pretty cool. We don't know really why they're rehearsing. It doesn't really matter. They're just probably trying to shake the rust off. Uh, but you can check that out online. Metallica rehearsing together for the first time and probably a long time. Uh, for those of you who know, Metallica is did the whole SNM two thing. Not into it. I did not. The two tracks that they made available made me like not want to listen to the rest of the album. I'm sorry. I this time around, I don't give a shit about SNM um, or the fact that you guys want to play with a symphony. SNM the first one was kind of cool. A lot of uninteresting shit for the second one. I'm good. Uh, but it's that time. All right, now it's time for the unsigned band of the week. And this week we're checking out fellow mass holes. That's right, Lemonster Thrash Giants, Machine Gun Mayhem. And here they are, right here on Pedal to the Metal Radio, the podcast. This is their track, Hate Brigade, which was released just before the shutdown. March 11th was just before everything started shutting down. But nonetheless, this is going to kick your ass. And if you want to hear more from the band, you can do so by visiting their Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Machine Gun Mayhem 33. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Machine Gun Mayhem 33. Here it is, Hate Brigade, right here on Pedal to the Metal Radio, the podcast.
All right, welcome back, everybody. Once again, check out Machine Gun Mayhem on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Machine Gun Mayhem 33. Check them out. They're pretty badass. All right, so it's time to get back into some rock and metal news here, as we always do. And this one is kind of on the sadder note, right? Uh, so we found out this week that the original, original drummer of Machine Head, Tony Costanza, uh, recently passed away uh, at the age of 52. Now, Costanza was very much in the beginning stages of Machine Head. Apparently, he played a kegger house party in Oakland, and he played the first official Machine Head show in Las Vegas on August 29th, 1992. Unfortunately, in 1993, he decided that he needed to leave the band, and this is him. Um, they quote, uh, this is him. This quotes, I left the band because I was very young and knew of playing drums, especially double bass. The band called for a lot of double bass. Basically, out of my own insecurities, I self-destructed. I suffered a lot from the loss. I will never forget not playing in my favorite band ever. But I had to do what was healthy for me in the band. I was even asked to rejoin. If I had certain parts very solid on the double bass aspect of it all, but I still felt I couldn't give the band what they needed. Um, so obviously, you know, out of Tony's... Uh, it's unfortunate. I mean, the guy was honest. Felt that at the time he couldn't do it, so he left. I don't think any of them had a problem with that. Um, he was on the demo that was released in 93 with Machine Head, but uh, he had since worked with Debris Incorporated, Crowbar. With Crowbar, he was on their album Sonic Access, uh, Excess in its purest form. He also played with Crisis in Area 51. Unfortunately, Tony passed away, and their family started a GoFundMe page to try to cover his funeral expenses because we all know that uh, funerals are not cheap, man. They are definitely not cheap. And sometimes there's no way to prepare for these kind of things, even, you know, no matter how prepared you think you really are. Uh, you know what I mean? So I'm going to post the link on the blog page. If you do want to donate, you can do so. You can visit it. You can donate to Tony Costanza's family, uh, try to help them cover all the expenses. Uh, the fundraiser reads, this GoFundMe page is to cover Tony Costanza's funeral expenses, all proceeds will go directly to Tony's mother, Denise Costanza, and this page is being started by me with her full blessing. Please donate as much or as little as you can afford for a legendary underground musician who lived and breathed heavy music. Anyone who knew Tony knows that he was the real deal OG and Tony stood by his strong beliefs. Um, there you go. Uh, Rob Flynn obviously paid tribute to Tony. And uh, this is what he wrote. He wrote, so, ha so sad to hear about Tony Costanza's passing away today. The first six months of Machine Head's existence happened because he joined. I began talking to Tony around March 1992 for the first time. I can't exactly remember how we got in touch. He was from Las Vegas. And this was before the internet, before cell phones. It's possible that a guy who used to work for violence named Joey Capobianco uh, put me in touch with him. We started talking on the phone about Machine Head, and eventually he relocated to the Bay Area. It seemed in a lot of ways he was ready to start a new life. 
He has been the singer of for the early grindcore band Papsmere, and I had actually met him the year prior with Mitch from Napalm Death when Mitch, Shane, and him came up to a show in the Bay Area. He goes on and he goes on and he talks about some good memories, uh, a lot of great things. Um, you know, he talks about some things like so to have Tony there regularly jamming Death Church, Blood for Blood, and Fuck It All at the Emory Warehouse in a room where we share with six other punk rock bands was pretty thrilling. Some of the songs that he worked out with us from the start would have been A Thousand Lies, I'm Your God Now, Nation on Fire, and Rage to Overcome, and even a part of the Davidian riff. So there you go. Uh, I will post a link to uh, Rob Flynn's tribute as well. I'll post that on the blog page as well, so you can definitely uh, check that out there. It's never fun. Um to lose somebody you care about somebody who was part of a history um it's always tough so if you can donate whatever amount you can uh that would be awesome i'm and now on to a completely different story uh so there was a genre that existed in the early 2000s i want to say it was this big new wave of bands that included uh artists like shadows fall uh kill switch engage Chimera, Hatebreed was included in there. Lamb of God was included in there at one time. Uh, it was just this big wave of of metal bands, and they called it the new wave of American heavy metal. I remember there was a big article in Metal Hammer magazine um, that covered this, the new wave of American heavy metal. So I remember that term. And one writer best described it, J. Andrew, he explained in, quote, in quotes, the movement experienced its rise through the underground during the late 90s, fusing the sounds of at-the-gate-style riffs, Pantera-esque vocals, and production, along with the attitude and breakdowns prevalent in 90s hardcore. As 2003 moved into 2004, it became clear that this, was the, this sound was the dominant movement in heavy music. Not only did it open its doors for countless other genres, it also brought listeners' attention back to the canonical sounds of thrash, death, and black metal. Uh, movements which seemed passe and forgotten in the era of new metal. So, apparently we needed a genre to apologize for everybody being obsessed with new metal at one time. I don't apologize for ever being obsessed with new metal. You just move on like anything, right? Like, you know, there was hair metal in the 80s. Uh, and you just moved on to thrash and extreme heavy metal. I mean, that's just how it went, you know. But uh, apparently Chimera vocalist Mark Hunter uh, told the Talk To Me podcast that the phrase new wave of American heavy metal was invented by Chimera. Now, apparently the reason he says is because uh, one of their guys that worked for them was a huge Iron Maiden fan. And they decided to mess with a t-shirt and they did it all in Iron Maiden font and uh, Pass Out of Existence was the album they were promoting. And they did the t-shirt and they, instead of it saying New Wave of British Heavy Metal, they put New Wave of American Heavy Metal. Uh, The rest is history. They also, when they passed out samplers to radio stations, uh, it read New Wave of American Heavy Metal Sampler. And there's even proof he posted Uh, pictures of all that including the t-shirt which was an okay t-shirt I probably wouldn't have bought it back in the day even if I saw it Uh, but anyways yeah so he believes unless somebody can prove him wrong 
he believes that in 2000, 2000 2001, 2002, that Chimera um, are the reason that term existed. And, and maybe so, maybe so, you know. Uh, it's got to exist somewhere. Who knows who it was invented with when it was the new wave of British heavy metal. Like, who was the band that was first coined that? Was it Maiden? Was it Motorhead? Was it Saxon? You know, who knows? But anyways, so yeah, he believes it. And sure, we'll give it to you. Why not? Right, new wave of American heavy metal, quite the genre. If you ever think about checking it out, there was some great, great, great stuff. Uh, Unearth, Kill Switch, Engage, like I said before, uh, just tons and tons of bands. Uh, so if you get a chance to check it out, uh, I would do so. The next story that I want to talk about is kind of funny. I think it's uh, it's kind of funny because it's true, right? If I could best describe that, that's what I would probably say. Uh, so, Anthrax's Scott Ian caused quite the stir this week when he wrote that bands should be authentic. And he's right, perfectly right. Uh, so, he basically said that if you use a backing track, you need to be honest with your audience. And he says that it needs to be noted on the ticket that. If you're using backing tracks that you should tell the audience you're using backing tracks and you're not being authentic. Here's what he says. I don't want to sound like an old man, but I mean, come on. Look, I get it. If it's some kind of giant pop act and giant production or something like that, or it's Pink Floyd doing the wall and there's recorded stuff, voiceovers, whatever, things like that. But I hate going to a show and I just instantly know all the backing vocals are pre-recorded. Um... He goes on to say, I think Rob Zombie is someone who does it really well because there's a lot of stuff going on. You break Rob Zombie down, and it's real simple. It's guitar, bass, drums, and his vocals. And they could do that fine and play their songs, but if you listen to the records, there's lots of little spoken parts and things from movies and samples and things like that. So if you're running those tracks, it's great because it adds an attitude and an atmosphere that isn't there if it's just a guitar bass drums and vocals and i think that's great and that's fine but you're if but if you're faking it no i don't buy it i think it should be he says i think it should actually be i don't know how it could be a law but i think it should be printed on a ticket that for bands that are doing that and for shows that are doing that it should say 70 percent of the show you're paying 250 dollars for is pre-recorded it should say it on the ticket i wish I wish, because then, you know, Striper could be honest. Um, and you know what? I, I don't blame him. That was uh, Live from Nerdville. Uh, it's apparently where Scott Ian talks about it. So if you want to check out that episode, you can. Uh, but, I mean, is he wrong? I mean, how many times have we gone and it's just like you can totally tell the like the backing vocals are pre-recorded. And I get what he's saying. Like, there's certain things. Like, obviously, there's – like, if you're looking at Pink Floyd's The Wall – for example, right? That was a great example. There are things in there that obviously they've got to put backing tracks on because you just can't do it, right? And the same thing with Rob Zombie. I'm like, if you're Rob Zombie, you're not going to say the line to the movie. You're just going to play it. Boom, there it is, right? There's the line to the movie. And I think, you know, Ian's got a point. So, you know. So if you think, I, I'd be curious to to see how many of you agree whether that should be printed on the ticket. So 70% of the show you're paying $250 for is for a pre-recorded. I would love to see that. 
I, I honestly would. I think it was funny. I would frame that right away. All right, so there is a movie that's coming out that is very much anticipated for me. I cannot wait to see this. Bill and Ted face the music. We've been waiting for this for quite a long time now, I think. I mean, I have. I've always I've always wondered like if they could do another Bill and Ted, but Bill and Ted face the music. So, we all know the situation with theaters and the way it's looking like in my state, it looks like those things are never going to open to begin with. But nonetheless, we know what's happened. So Labor Day weekend, Bill and Ted settled that they would open Labor Day weekend. And then Christopher Nolan pushed his blockbuster tenant to Labor Day. So, you know, the producers of Bill and Ted decided they were going to move it up one week. And now it's August 28th, 2020. So it's going to be released in in, the, in limited theaters, and then it's going to go on video on demand. So you can check it out there. But I pretty much can imagine that here in Massachusetts, we're probably not going to get to see it uh, in theaters because it doesn't look like those things are opening anytime soon. Uh, but I'm excited. I, I can't wait to see Bill and Ted. Uh, Samara Weaving, uh, Weaver, Samara Weaver, excuse me. She's in the movie. She's fantastic. If you've never seen her, you should check out Mayhem, which is on the Shutter app. You should check out uh, The Babysitter, which is on Netflix. Uh, you should check out, uh, i trying to remember the other movie, but she's got a, a lot of movies, Ready or Not. You should check that out. She's she's excellent. So I think she's going to do quite well in Bill and Ted Face the Music alongside Alex Winter. And the just never gets old, Keanu Reeves, who, by the way, is filming Parts four and five of John Wick back to back. So you're going to get five John Wick movies all together. So that's pretty badass as well. So there you go. Bill and Ted, August 28th. Look for it. <clears throat> all right. So last night, we've been talking about this uh, some episodes ago. We, we first talked about Great White performing uh, a non-socially distanced show. We talked about Dokken doing the same thing. And now... We've got to mention Fozzie, because apparently Fozzie performed in, in in Sturgis, South Dakota, as well as in some other spots. Um, and according, and, and I'm reading about this, and part of me is like, whatever. But they played in Minot, North Dakota, and if you look at the picture, it doesn't look like anybody's wearing a mask. And it definitely doesn't look like there's any social distancing going on from the pictures that were taken. But if you read about what Chris Jericho is saying, um, he wrote, We actually did four shows this week, and the reason for that is we had our Save the World Tour, which was originally scheduled for April and May, but it got postponed to July and August, then got postponed to October and November. So four shows remained in August, and I was like, How? The shows are in South Dakota, North Dakota, and we have one in Fort Madison, Iowa, which is right near the border of South Dakota. He goes on to say, he goes on to justify it by saying the reason why the shows have happened is because of these states of North Dakota and South Dakota have low COVID cases, less than 1,000 in both states. He says, I think Florida had 9,000 today alone. Um, I mean, I don't know. Taylor Caseload. There's been 101 new, 181 new cases reported yesterday in 
apparently in North Dakota, South Dakota is averaging 100 cases a day, so it's relatively low. So apparently things are relatively low. But still, um, he says that in Minot, they sold out, but it was at 50% capacity. In Sioux Falls, he said there was 35% capacity. They were sold out. Uh, they said they handed out masks to the door, temperature checks, the bandstand on the bus, uh, and the cruising camps were tested. Um, the venue cap is 375, so if it goes by what they say, then there was only 200 people at the show. So I don't know. I mean, you, you got to – I don't know. I'm just not racing to go to a concert yet. I'm not that comfortable. Uh, but I lo- I'm loving the backlash on Twitter. I'm loving this. Uh, this is from Scandalous Murph. Everyone at the Fozzie concert has become a Judas in their lungs. Nice. Uh, Jen Mint wrote, Imagine risking your life and the lives of others to see a fucking Fozzie. Couldn't be me. Uh, Kyle at Studi, I believe that's what it says. He's the Ayatollah of Corona. Love it. Um, there's just so much the fuck with you becoming the Judas in your mind what a fucking joke I love Jericho but this is such a bad look for him AEW and Fozzie that's from G Boyardee uh, there's so many you know like here's to hoping that Chris Jericho doesn't bring the Rona with him from Sturges infect the entire AEW locker room and at Satanic Rights replied, I feel for performers that generally live hand to mouth, but that's not Fozzie's situation. They can't use the starving artist excuse. They didn't need to play that show. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I mean, that's what, you know, that's people's opinions. But uh, imagine your obituary saying they got called home by the Lord after contacting COVID-19 from a Fozzie concert. Zero bit zero bad bitches in attendance at the funeral. Thank you, Liverleaf. Uh, <clears throat> imagine dying to see Fozzie. There's some good ones. There's some good ones. Uh, but anyways, you know, at this point, if you're gonna go and you're gonna risk the chance of catching Corona, then that's on you. That's not on anybody else. That's on you. I've said that. I've said that so many times. That's that's on you. You know what I mean? Like, that's your decision to make. By all means, go for it. Um, even though I shouldn't be saying that because we should all be waiting, just wear a fucking mask. Like Corey Taylor said, he once had to wear a mask for eight hours to stay in character. He wrote, wore a mask for eight hours to sign fucking autographs for all you fucking pinheads out there. Listen to Sir Corey Taylor. All right, so that's going to do it for Rock and Metal News for right now. Uh, we're gonna take a little, little, uh, little break. Maybe let's play that, uh, that black metal PSA again. Yeah, let's do that. When we come back, it's time for the band you should know. How you doing? Since I play in a folk band, my friend Don suggested that I write a song encouraging people to wear masks. And so my daughter and I worked something up, and um, and here we go. It's a virus, not a vote. We're masked, don't be a joke. We are not a traitor, Joe's. We have masked friends on Halloween. We're not a joke. 
there you go. Hope you enjoyed that. Mask up. Take care of each other. Bye. All right, it's that time for my favorite, one of my favorite segments of the show. It is time for the bands you should know, and we've got a badass band to play for you guys today on this podcast. That's right. This band is coming all the way from Sao Paulo, Brazil. That's right. We are checking out The Damnation, right? These are three badass women that play some badass thrash metal. They're just in your face. Like, listen, what else do you need to know about badass metal from Brazil, right? I mean, Sepultura should be the biggest example of how badass metal can be. But these three women are taking the reins and they're running with it. That's right. So, if you want to check out The Damnation, here are the ways you can do it, right? First, go to facebook.com forward slash the damnation official again facebook.com forward slash the damnation official all right you can also check out their website the damnation.com.br br standing for brazil so again the first time i heard these these three ladies it was on instagram actually uh by chance i don't even know how they ended up on my timeline but by chance i clicked on it because i was like oh i'll check this out and it was absolutely just it rips your face off it's absolutely badass so i had to reach out and i reached out and renata was awesome she got back to me and here they are we're promoting them on the show this is definitely a band you should know so without further ado this is the damnation this is apocalypse this is pedal to the metal radio the podcast Check it out.
All right, welcome back, everybody. Again, facebook.com forward slash the damnation official. Check them out. The damn the damnation.com.br. There's no reason that I was headbanging the whole entire time that I was listening to this track while it was playing. Unbelievable. Check them out for sure. All right. So that is going to do it for us this week. Now, I want to remind everybody wear a mask. Just do it. Listen, we don't know how real or how intense, you know, this situation really is with COVID. We got to ride it out. Okay. Some people believe that maybe by election time this will all be over. I don't think so. I think this is something that's going to stick around. It's like the flu. All right. This is something that's going to stick around for a while. And it's, you know, if you, if you catch it, you catch it. If you don't, you don't. You know, I think that's the bottom line. But stay metal. Listen to rock, metal. Do all the things. Again, you want to follow us, you can do so. Facebook.com forward slash Eddie's Pedal to the Metal Radio Show. Twitter.com forward slash Eddie Monster 82. Instagram.com forward slash Pedal to the Metal Radio Show. And of course, the place that's going to have all the links to the bands that were played on the show, all the links to listen to the podcast, whether it be Google, Apple, Spotify, Breaker, whatever the hell else we're on, it's going to be right there on the blog page, pedal to the metal radio show dot blogspot.com again pedal to the metal radio show dot blogspot.com i love you guys and i will see you next week right here on pedal to the metal radio the podcast